0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Waluri, and this is going to be episode 31 with senior concept artist at Ubisoft, Harshanan Singh. I've been following his work for a while now, so it was really great to be able to finally have him on the podcast and learn more about his approach and how he has gone about creating his art. He spoke about his need to constantly keep learning and upgrading his skills and how he approaches each new project and task as a stepping stone towards his larger goals. Harshanand also spoke about how the stories from mythological and religious texts play a huge role in his art, and how he translates those ideas into a visual form. This was a really fun episode, packed with a lot of insights and a lot of amazing knowledge, so I hope you get a lot of value from this conversation. And with that said, let's go. So, yeah, you were saying you were painting something since morning. What were you working on? Yeah, uh, I was was painting a portrait of my great-grandfather in oil. Oh, like a traditional painting. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Do you do do that quite often? Breaking away from digital work? Every weekend. Every weekend, yeah.
1: So, earlier it wasn't that regular, but I'm trying to make it a regular thing now. Mm -hmm. And I have felt that uh, every time I come back to this... And I keep doing traditional more. I learn, I keep uh, getting better at painting shapes and my values keep keep getting better. So yeah,
0: I'm trying to make it a regular thing. That's awesome. I mean, does it also kind of give you a break from just staring at the screen all the time? And just break that too. Otherwise,
1: uh, if you keep working just on the digital stuff for a long time, and uh, when you're working professionally, after office you want to work on something that you like to do yeah and uh, so you can spend hours doing just digital stuff and sometimes it, it can give you a headache or it becomes very monotonous that's why uh, doing traditional helps it gives you a good break and then every monday you feel okay let's do this thing again
0: so the kind of stuff that you do traditionally um, is that anything to do with concept art-related stuff, or is it just completely your own exploration?
1: Currently, it's just uh, what I want to do. It can be landscape, portrait, anything. Okay. Sometimes it just studies. So, for example, if I like any artist, so say Ruanzir, I'll look at uh, one of one of his work and try to copy it. So I do, don't really post it anywhere, mm-hmm. but I think it uh, helps me tackle things better. Traditionally, but I, I did traditional uh, oil paint, uh, painting and sketching for a long period of time. Okay. I started doing digital like five or seven years ago. Yeah.
0: How long have you actually been working in the industry for at this point? Okay. So I have been
1: working in the industry close to seven years. So okay. that, so that means that I have been doing digital for close to 10 years. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's insane. And so you said that before you actually got into digital, you had like training in traditional art and design. Is there any school that you sketch- start- No, no, no.
1: I started sketching and painting uh, at,
0: uh, very early. Okay. I don't
1: remember when I started. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I remember I was paint- I was sketching ladders and balloons and things like those uh, on in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, when I went to Vidya, we had a school. It was a awesome. hostel. Okay. So there I met uh, my first art teacher, uh, Rajiv Raj. He taught me, he introduced me to acrylic uh, painting and stuff. So that's how it started. Okay. Before that, I was mostly sketching. Uh, so that
0: that's uh, how it started, but uh, no formal traditional art training as such. Okay. Then from that point on, how did you actually come to know about the concept art field and what prompted you to divert your focus towards this industry, essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. Initially, I didn't want to get into the art field, cause I wanted to keep it as a hobby okay. or something that I liked doing. Uh, so I come from a very traditional uh, family. So my grandfather, he was a uh, really good singer. Okay. His name uh, was Rajkumar and Singh. So he was a classical musician. So he had this, uh, he used to think that uh, when you do something for money, Mm-hmm. it kind of loses some value it's like you do it becomes very how do you say
0: um like the essence goes away because you're yeah yeah, yeah. It.
1: so that's why he he was like if you want to improve on something just love it and keep doing it
0: for the sake of the art itself mm-hmm. art
1: and art itself so i had that kind of uh thinking as i grew up but uh and i i was actually thinking of doing mba and doing some business like uh, my cousin's but i think in 12th no i was i was studying in kolkata back then so a friend of mine arib Busan, he wanted to get into dsk so for mm-hmm. i think that was the time when the school just started i, I don't know probably two or three years so i thought okay let's give it a try so he he didn't get in but i got, got in. oh my. so and i at that time i didn't know what animation I roughly knew what animation is, but I didn't know how it's done. Okay. So I thought it's mostly doing uh, painting and drawing like what I used to do. So then I went in and I realized that, so the guy there, he said, okay, there's a field named game design game art. Uh, it's very similar to animation. It's probably some, one of the marketing tactics that they do that if a field needs more students, they try to push you towards it. Oh, I see. So, and yeah, I, I thought, okay, let's give it a try. I anyway like playing games. So I was a big fan of Prince of Persia, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, yeah, Assassin's Creed and uh, House of Dead. I thought, okay, if I like playing games and I like doing drawing and painting, it's good that I'm getting a combination of both. And if I can do that uh, to earn money, I'll have nothing to stress about. I'll probably enjoy my life. So thinking that I went into that field. Uh, and the, uh, But there... Uh, my experience for first first couple of years was good. I mean, on the front of learning, but it, the fee was really high. Okay. So it came to a point where, so I, but I was really confident about uh, that. I'll I'll work hard and I'll manage somehow. Uh, so I was relying on scholarships a lot. I already had some scholarships. Um, so but things didn't go well after that. So even though I was doing well there. Uh, some management thing happened and they stopped stopped the scholarships. Okay. So after that, it was not possible for me to afford. Even though my parents were like, no, no, you continue, we'll manage it somehow. It was, for me, it was very difficult to see my parents go through all that just for my education. I I thought, no, I'll work hard. I'll do it. Uh, And also, at that time, there was some issue going on in the school. So a lot of uh, good trainers left. So at that time, I thought, okay, maybe... Uh, I can learn from artists who are in the industry. So Aritya Chari was, at Moon, was, was working at Moonfrog at that time. So I got into touch with him. He came for a masterclass there, so I told him that, I want to learn anatomy from you. Uh, so he said, okay, what do you want? So I said, I'm trying to come to Moon Frog. and But the teachers there at DSK, the, I, I wouldn't say anything against the management and stuff, but the teachers, they were really supportive. Okay. So they, they saw that this guy is working hard and is really passionate about it. So even when I was trying to leave school, my trainers actually get helped me getting into the industry because they had contacts everywhere. So at, at that time, I didn't even have a proper portfolio, but uh, they helped me a lot. They told me, okay, you do this, you post this. They talked to the people in the industry, they, get, they got me in. And from that point onwards, I just kept learning and kept going forward. So that's how this thing started. And once you get into the industry, you keep learning from artists you're working with, you, you understand, okay, if I do this, this is better for my future, and things like that. And that's how it kept going. Forward.
0: Yeah, that's quite true. Actually, oftentimes just breaking into the industry is one of the hardest challenges because that you're switching that mentality from being a student only and learning to mm-hmm. kind of getting somebody to trust you for the first time to work professionally. And the moment yeah. that happens, I think... As a junior artist, you get a lot of confidence also. And then you can really trust your work and trust your quality far Mm. more and go deeper into your learning.
1: Yeah. And I think when you start working in industry, there's an immediate uh, level up in terms of the polish that your work has. Because everything that you show to the world needs to look good. It can't be that, hey, I did it roughly in this much time and all that. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The time doesn't matter. Whatever you put, in front of the world needs to look good so no matter how much time you get if uh, you were used to working on something for uh, two weeks and you have to do it in three days you still have to make it look finished you still have to make it look polished so I think that way also working in the industry really helps and and you learn most while you're working it's, uh, compared to while you're in college or anywhere I think
0: colleges are really good for fundamentals and stuff but if you but you learn most during the work so when you actually started working for the first time did you feel you were adequately prepared at the beginning did you have enough skills to at least start working professionally or was it like more oh, of a well, blank slate no for me uh, it was very different
1: because i work, i uh, i was very traditionally inclined so and i was more interested in doing human figures mm-hmm. uh, landscapes and things like that but at that time say uh, Moonfuck didn't have a requirement for an artist like that. Okay. So they took me as a UI intern. Oh. Yeah, so I wanted to be a concept artist, uh, but they were like, okay, this is what our requirement is. So they gave me a test. I, saw, I did it. So I got in, but then uh, for almost first five or six years, it was very difficult for me to adapt, because I didn't want to do buttons. I didn't want to do UI stuff. I wanted to do characters, but I thought, okay, it's just a grinding phase. You do it, you learn more about materials because mm-hmm. you're working on different things. You're so working on buttons you're so looking at uh, uh, something that is made up of wood. So my sense of material materials really improved at that time. So I took it that way mm-hmm. and Aditya was there to guide me anyway. So during that time, every morning, he used to, uh, before office starts, he used to give me some tips for 5 or 10 minutes okay you do this you do this you practice this and after office i used to go back home uh, practice show it to him the next day so that 5 or 10 minutes every day and i was really passionate uh, at that time for because it was like i uh, for the, for me aditya chari was like man he's i have read his books as, and he's the person uh, uh, who is teaching me all this so whatever he told me i i did i did it blindly so i think at that time there was a massive improvement and uh, after six months he saw that okay he really wants to do this so while i was talking to my manager he also helped me okay let's give give this uh, guy some concept work and let's see how he does and then i did something they liked it and then this uh, promoted uh, me to junior concept artist then concept artist then it kept going on so it was, it was difficult for me at that time because the field was completely different than what I was used to do. But yeah, if you think uh, anything that you're working on, you try to do good at it, but you still keep uh, stay focused uh, on
0: what you want to do,
1: I think you'll get that.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely requires like quite a lot of passion and commitment towards the work, especially when you're doing something that you're not particularly interested in and then find more energy to do the stuff that you want to do. On
1: your own
0: time, yeah. And I think that uh, that
1: small period of time when I worked on UI and I was uh, learning things with the UX artists there, I learned a lot about. So it's when you're working in uh, for a product, it's not just about the art that looks beautiful. There are many constraints that you need to work with. So I was very lucky to learn those things there. So from that point onwards, at least for that uh, kind that field my uh, whatever work I came uh, I came up with after after that point the people there were really happy with it
0: and I mean when we look at your work at this point it's filled with like amazing illustrations and the human figures are I think quite central to the work that you do at this point at least in the personal work that you are uh, able to put out because of course professionally it depends whether the studio lets you or not so how did you do you think like those ideas that you're representing now? You already had a sense of where your direction or where your style was heading towards, or is it only afterwards you evolved and came to this point?
1: I think it evolved. Even now, I don't. Uh, I personally don't feel that uh, I have something concrete
0: uh, or some style
1: that I keep doing. But it's usually the other people who notice it first. You don't feel that you have a particular style someone told me, okay, your work starts looking like this. Uh, When I see this kind of stuff, I know that uh, Harshanan has made it. But uh, as an artist, you don't know when when that happened. You keep following different artists. You keep learning one thing from this guy, another thing from that guy. And I think it evolved over time. I'm always curious when I look at your work, the...
0: I think the lighting is extremely realistic in the way you portray your forms, but then the brushstrokes are quite loose and they have that sense of natural painting or traditional painting. Like we were talking about earlier, how, how are you able to translate these two like ways of painting and not get caught up in making it look too photorealistic, but rather just capture the essence of the light.
1: So I think it might be because I keep switching between traditional and digital, digital media. So uh, the things that I learned from one I try to implement on another. So for example there was a small amount of uh, small period of time when I wasn't able to do traditional stuff but I kept improving in, in the digital field. So when I came back to oil painting I realized that I have learned so much uh, in this this amount of time that it improved my traditional work as well. So I think it's because I'm kind of switching uh, from one thing to another and normally if you think about it uh, people Think, okay, if I'm good at something, let's keep pushing it and I'll be really good at it. But I personally feel that maybe while you're on the journey, everything that you go through, you won't, you don't understand the importance of it at that point. But going forward, you will be able to connect the dots and you will see how those experiences have helped you in being what you are now so i think because of the traditional and uh, data s- switch uh, use i still have that painterly kind of feel also because uh, while i'm working for uh, a company the it's very concept like stuff so for example it's very specific to what their requirement is and when you're designing something you can't be vague or you can't leave some part unaddressed so you need to give a very specific you, you need to give specific information to the team so that they can work, work with it. That thing in traditional paintings, uh, that's how it's different. It's like you focus on one area that is really detailed. You give 100% information there. Then there are some areas that are left loose so that uh, when a viewer looks at it, he has some freedom to imagine things there. So if you're giving 100%, to a, 100% information to someone, there's nothing in the picture that will uh, that will keep him coming back to it but if you leave some space for his imagination to run wild that image becomes interesting so while i'm working for uh, concepts or uh, any uh, industry related stuff i try to keep that thing alive somehow. no matter how how uh, polished it needs to be there needs to be that uh, personal artist wala touch there and something that is left for the viewer to imagine, because uh, if you, if like you bring everything on the table, uh, and you need to, you start thinking, okay, does it work? Does it not work? Man, maybe it doesn't work, but nothing is stopping you from imagining it. The people who did uh, futuristic landscapes, say 100 or 200 years ago, whatever they painted, none of them worked at that time. But because they imagined it, people kept trying to invent things like that and how that's how we progress so
0: i guess like storytelling is also such an important part of the kind of illustrations that you do because you're leaving the sense of mystery for the viewers to come back and imagine parts of the painting but there's also an essence or a core message that you're trying to portray through the artwork which brings them towards the work to to begin with and like I think a lot of your work, the personal work that you do, is inspired by mythology, by stories from the yeah. past, and you kind of bring your own flavor and taste to that. So, what do you think drew you towards those stories to begin with?
1: I, I think religions. So,
0: uh,
1: as a kid, uh, I used, I was very interested in stories from Ramayana and Mahabharat, mm-hmm. and as I grew, uh, I also started uh, looking at stories from quran and bible and there are many uh, stories out, uh, on youtube as well so especially the about their prophets how the world started and how it's gonna end all that is really interesting and you when you start going through different religions you'll see that there are many things that are very common yeah so then you start thinking that okay maybe there's a source uh, and things kept getting distorted because people kept pushing it uh According to their needs, or uh, probably because of lack of imagination at that point, or whatever they understood, they tried to frame it, frame it in that way. So, uh, so I think uh, the stories that I keep reading about these different religions that become that act as as a base for my work, and then I tweak things uh, so that uh, I can express myself in it. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I start painting Rama and Krishna the way we saw them in uh, TV series, it will be the same. But if you try to think of those people, okay, they're gods and they're not just my god, they're god of the world. You won't start putting Indian Indian designs on it. Or maybe if you, if you do, it won't be that uh, uh, you just threw it in there. Yeah. You will try to implement a lot of things. If you're making gods you're trying to make gods that are universal. They're not of India. They are are not of some part of the world. So I think that if you try to combine different religions, you will come up with something that is more universal.
0: That's an interesting way. Yeah. I guess it shows in your work because the kind of motifs that you're using are not, uh, like you said, representative of one style of design or which comes from Mm. one culture. It's bringing in flavors from different parts of the world and different stories together. within these stories are there something that specifically you get drawn towards like maybe the journey of the main hero that is struggling against certain odds or just the cosmic level stuff where it's just about creation and destruction
1: i'm generally interested more in things that are non-human okay so because we keep talking about humans what human wants what this 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 and I'm interested in things that make humans feel small. Uh, That will make humans more humble. That okay, you can think whatever you want, but maybe you haven't seen the entire universe. There are things that is beyond you. You think that you know 100%, but you don't. Maybe what if something comes to the world and uh, it's something that uh, you have never imagined? So so basically, anything that. makes you makes humans feel insignificant Mm -hmm. so I'm mostly interested in things like that so
0: that's why more angels
1: uh, demons and things like that
0: I think that's quite well shows in your work as well because there's like clear distinction in the scale they are like tiny humans scattered across in front of a large angel or a demon that way so that's interesting now that you're explaining the thought process behind that um I was also curious about where you're drawing the inspiration in terms of the lighting for the scenes. I were you look, looking at masters of the past hmm. or films? How how are you generating that style? I did that? a lot of master studies and I still do, but I,
1: I'm not able to do it as regularly as, as I used to do before. Mm-hmm. But every uh, whenever I want, there was a, uh, a period of time when I was very focused on lighting. So at that time, I was looking at traditional artists. Okay. Uh, But the recent and there there are many famous ones that everyone knows. In recent times, there is another guy uh, named Robert Ferry.
0: Okay.
1: He he does mostly human figures, but his sense of lighting is really good. So every morning, half an hour, I used to uh, try to copy his work. Sometimes digitally, sometimes traditionally. So then, uh, so things that. Usually, people in the industry they now tell you that, okay, block everything in two values first, then put one to blend things and things like that. Uh, for me, it didn't start because I saw some some video and I learned it from, but because I kept observing, I felt, okay, this is probably the easy way of doing it. Okay. Uh, and yeah, basically, if you keep studying from traditional artists, uh, your sense of lighting will improve.
0: Do you ever feel like you want to take some of these paintings that you've done and explore them in three D as well, so you can maybe see how the same shapes look from different angles or how oh, much yes. deeper you I've can? I've already go.
1: started doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, yeah, so some of my rec- recent works, I did them in zBrush, okay, and then painted over over it, so, and that also that improves your sense of shapes, mm. and you have you get interesting shadow shapes that you wouldn't have imagined that's true so i think you learning 3d is very helpful for that but yeah it's it's you should keep switching between those two as well because if you become slave to that you don't know how much you really know so once you do something in 3d try something in 2d again uh, and see if you can uh, get the si- get the similar result so even though i work with th- uh, 3d for say two or three months some client will come and he, he he's like no I don't want you to work in 3D I like your 2D stuff more so but right. you have this quality benchmark in your head that you can't let go you still have to make your work look as good as the other ones so then you still try to make the shapes look like that so at that time you I sometimes go to say Daz ZBrush build something quickly uh, put some basic uh, lighting there and see how the shapes react to the forms and then I try to bring it to the 2D. So it's basically a learning process. You keep switching between these things Mm -hmm. and keep implementing things that you learn from one thing to other.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Like even I myself find myself getting stuck sometimes when I'm working purely in 2D because I've gotten so used to working in 3D and it takes a couple of days time to just loosen up and break that let's say, way of thinking only in 3D and just become a bit more suggestive and just focus on shapes in 2D? Yeah,
1: I understand that my approach uh, is mostly very student-like. So it's it's mostly I want to learn this, learn this, learn this, but so I can combine this and do something that, uh, good. Uh, but normally, how professionally, you'd like to focus on one thing and be really good at it. So on that front, I think I might be slower than other artists who are in the industry. But as long as you're enjo- enjoying the process and you like what you're doing, it's good. At the end of the day, if you're happy with your work, you're happy. As art uh, as an artist, nothing else really matters to you. You might get paid less for doing some something. But if you're happy with your work, uh, you can sleep better.
0: <laughs> mm, that's a tough one, to be honest, because especially nowadays there are like so many artists that you can keep looking at and i think yeah yeah early on people do also get stuck in terms of which type of work they want to do because there are so many good examples of various kinds so Mm -hmm. i'm just curious how did you settle on this style again i know you don't find a style in your work because it's constantly Mm -hmm. evolving but maybe just thinking about the kind of stories that you're telling do you ever feel like you want to explore something else or you look at somebody else's work and you feel like, Hey, I feel like designing some robots, for example, just uh, completely the happens. other way around.
1: Yeah. That keeps happening. That's true. And I, I think most of the artists, uh, they go through this. Uh, that's why sometimes you will see me painting some angels from this. Mm-hmm. Then I keep switching to some Indian stuff. There was a time when I was doing a lot of mech stuff, okay. Okay. but you won't see this online, but I keep removing things. Uh, so that happens like you, you look at some artist work and like, okay let's try this and there, there are both sides to it if you can if you think uh, from a learning point of view it's good maybe the shapes that you are learning uh, from doing some sci-fi stuff who knows you try to implement it in fantasy and it will give you something new but uh, if you think uh, from a very professional point of view it is like okay if i'm if i'm juggling between all these all these things, it's actually slowing me down. So I think you need to find a balance somewhere uh, where you're happy with everything. You're happy with where you are going uh, career-wise, and you should be happy with your work. And the market demands it as well, because if at the end of the day, you're just doing art for yourself and you're not getting any money out of it, you will be in trouble. So yeah, I think you will have to balance things, learn things from different people, but, try to do
0: things that you want to do mm-hmm. within the work that you're doing. Is it part of like a larger narrative or a larger story that you're trying to tell over time or are these artworks just individually their own stories?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, um, for the past couple of years, I first started something, uh, doing something for Indian mythology. Mm-hmm. And you already had people like Mukesh Singh and, uh, uh, other artists uh, like Abhishek Singh he he does a lot of traditional painting but you see his, their stuff and at that time when I started doing it because I was looking at their work I started feeling that okay my work is kind of getting similar to what they're doing mm. and it's not bad like if you can get, get as good as Mukesh Singh man yeah why yeah. not so uh, but then I realized that I'm not bringing anything new uh, to the market it's, and imagine if this kind of thing keeps getting famous and then you have 100 artists like doing the same thing what are you doing as an artist? Are you adding anything to it? So at that point, I thought, okay, maybe I need to learn uh, things and then try to uh, tackle this thing again. Okay. So I thought, okay, I'll try to break it into simpler things. So at that time, I thought, okay, instead of going for, say, Sahasrubah who has a thousand hands, maybe try creating an angel with four hands and uh, try to learn things that... Uh, make you well equipped to tackle those things so that's how uh, i was able to learn uh, zbrush and all these things so th- the things that i'm doing it's kind of like i'm preparing for the big thing so i'm preparing something for with four hands or ten hands because one day i want to create something with thousand hands so it's that's why i took, I took a small series like seven angels or seven demons And in that, whenever I do a series, there's some particular thing in my mind that I want to learn. So, when I was doing demons, I wanted to get uh, better at uh, readability and implementing grays in my paintings. When I did this uh, angel series, I was more focused on learning 3D. So, that's when I started. So, I did some basic uh, ZBrush, but but because I dropped out, I didn't go forward with it. I didn't need it uh, after that. But uh, because of this, I started sculpting. There's another. Uh, currently, I'm also doing a mentorship you know, by Arsenal organic sculpting uh, course on learn squad. So yeah, I. So my focus currently was learning on 3D. So wherever you can learn from, go for it. So all these small projects, it, it's kind of things that I like to do. But I have uh, some particular thing in my mind that I want to learn. But these are all kind of gearing up towards the big thing that I want to do. So. The mythological
0: characters that two years ago I wasn't able to illustrate the way I wanted to. So yeah, that's the main plan. Ah, that's interesting. So basically, you're using like a project-based learning approach on every series yeah. that you do, and you're upgrading your yes. skills. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I can see definitely how Arsene's course can definitely boost the kind of work yeah. that you're already doing because I guess the form language somewhere has similar roots to it, even though the end mm-hmm. results are different. But yeah. They, way that shape is working out either in 3D or in 2D can be similar uh, so, some time ago I noticed that I was already doing some stuff in ZBrush and
1: mostly organic stuff and there were already similarities right? at that time he wasn't planning to do mentorship I dropped him a message, talked to him about it and I saw that there are many uh, similar inspirations and uh, then I started talking and he is able to do stuff in a way more complex way anything that makes human feel okay I don't know how this will work and this is beyond me that is that looks interesting for me his work is kind of like that I thought okay if I can get that complex organic kind of feel in my work so that's the thing that I want to add to my work at this point tomorrow it might be something else
0: but that's my current focus I guess even when we look at his work something that's quite well done is the lighting of the way he puts the shots across and i think even Mm -hmm. in your work like i think there's a lot of that top ethereal lighting that's coming in which is lighting up the scene which is common between the both works do you think it's because of the kind of reading material that you're going through where you're reading these stories which translate into that kind of a lighting
1: might be and also because of uh, this the sources that you're following for example Uh, he told me that there was a time that he was doing a lot of Luanzia studies and I was doing that as well so then you start uh, noticing that okay this kind of lighting will create this kind of feel so if you want to make something look really epic and and, uh, kind of organized so for example if you want to make a palace a huge palace uh, at that and uh, you just want it to look grand go for a center kind of composition Mm -hmm. but if you want something dynamic you will the focus won't be exactly at the center it will be it will follow some 70 30 or some other ratios like that so i think uh, once you start uh, observing things that this kind of lighting can create this kind of feel. if you put light uh, take light direction from here probably this is the result that it creates once you start observing things and kind of noting things down in your head you Whenever you uh, tackle something similar, you already have a solution in your head. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, what I'm doing and he is doing as well. And there are many other
0: really good artists who are uh,
1: experienced in doing this.
0: So when you're actually preparing an artwork or a series of artwork, let's say, how detailed or how specific are you going in terms of your design process? Do you already have the shapes resolved on paper or do you have certain notes or sketches that you're looking at, or is it more of a 3D exploration and then you arrive at that final result?
1: Mm-hmm. But on that, I'd say that I have two different approaches. Okay. So a professional work, uh, during my initial sketching, I tried to bring everything to the paper. So I clearly know what I have to do. Mm-hmm. It's faster that way. There's no room for error. There's no exploration. And usually the client likes uh, that that kind of approach because he can follow your progress and can guide you if you are deviating or if you're not doing what he wants to do. But uh, when it comes to my personal work, it's very loose in the beginning. But the idea is there. I say, uh, if I want to show an angel who is kind of making a prayer uh, holding earth in her hands, so so the one that I recently did. I probably did many sketches, but at that time, the details about uh, the details on her armor and stuff like that wasn't there okay it was just focus on what the subject matter is what is the angel doing what's the feel i'm going for and probably i think lighting is the first thing that i focus on so and uh, i try to create um, a simple composition without details uh, about what the subject matter is but if you can make that subject matter readable in minimum values possible and, and as roughly as you can then I, at that point i feel okay the idea is there now let's go forward so then i take it keep adding more stuff to it keep adding more details keep breaking forms again and again and once i have the basic forms then i go for detail and i kind of follow this kind of process and which uh, I, when i do this sometimes i feel okay it's not working I don't mind redoing it again. It's my personal work. There's no one waiting for it. Right.
0: So
1: yeah, that's why the approach is different for professional work and personal work. Uh, for personal work, I do more kind of exploration where I let mistakes happen. Sometimes that can give you an idea. If I am if I started with thinking that I'm making Gabriel today, maybe the way shapes are, they started looking like some other angel. And I'm huh. like, okay, cool. Let's make it that. No one knows about it.
0: So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess you you need to be willing to throw away something that you've done and not get too yeah. attached to it early on, or even after mm. it's finished for that matter. Cool. So I just wanted to pivot back to the professional side of things a bit more. How long were you at Moonfrog, and then when did you shift to Ubisoft uh, after that? And what was that experience? I
1: like? I worked at Moonfrog for three years. Okay. So Moonfrog is a mobile uh, in development company. Uh, so I, I was working on some projects there. It was going good. They were already good artists with me. So when I joined, uh, Aditya Chari were there, Dattaraj were there. So I learned many things while observing them. And Aditya Chari was personally looking into the stuff that I'm doing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, both the fields are very different. When you're doing something for mobile development and when you're doing something for PC consoles, it's, it's, it's very different. But I think at one point, I got bored. Because I I felt that I'm doing the same thing again and again and again and again, and it's not really adding anything to my work. And uh, at that time, I wanted to do more. So whenever I feel like, okay, I'm probably just getting settled. Mm. I want to put something in there, a stone there, so that uh, there's some disruption. Uh, so for that, you try something new. So at that time, I I uh, I thought, okay, what I'm Really bad at. So I realized that the way I sketch traditionally on paper, I'm not able to do that digitally. Okay. So when I'm sketching on back home, it's very, it's not as fluid as my work on paper. So then I thought, okay, how do I solve that issue? So at that time, Aaron Lemonic was doing a person, square I think he, was, he just came up with that. So I was in the first batch.
0: The sketch anything so course. Right?
1: That. Yeah, yeah, the sketch anything course. Right. And coincident, and Coincidentally, that was the time when uh, I was going through the appraisal thing in my office, and Moonfrog was really happy with my work at that time. And uh, the director there at that time, so I I don't know the proper terms, okay. So it might be some director, some so uh, he he was the big guy there, okay, at that time. So uh, so whatever appraisal they gave me at that time, I wasn't fully satisfied with it. So then I wrote a mail that I yeah, have worked hard and all that, the usual artist stuff. Then uh, he, then Mark, he was already happy with my work. And there was a time when uh, he came back to office at 3 at night. And he saw that there was someone who was working. So that that was me. He came to my table. He was like, what are you doing? And I was doing some, uh, and there was a painting uh, named Tejasui. I removed it from uh, art station, but that is what I was working on that time. And he was like, what are you doing? So I said, I'm doing some personal work. So first thing that usually uh, people in this industry think, okay, is he doing something suspicious or <laughs> It's three o'clock at night. Is he uh, sharing some stuff or something like that? So that's, that's why he wanted to know more. Yeah, then yeah. I told him that, see, I, uh, I did office work till this time, but I want to learn this. So that's why, so he kind of noticed that, okay, this guy is really passionate about his work so when i was going through that appraisal stuff, appraisal thing uh, Nifa said okay we are already giving you as much as company can give but i understand that you are not because you and i was very young so for me the progress went really fa- happened really fast so the company was already giving me say max what they they could but i was still not satisfied so then Mark marksack said okay what can we do uh, we won't bend office rules so then i said okay uh, can you give me can you help me get this mentorship because i can't afford it so for that they were they were happy okay. and i kept i have done that in uh, different offices uh, so it's usually cheaper for them as well because they don't have to give some particular amount of money to you every month mm-hmm. and they just give you some money and you are happy and as an artist you're also happy because you have learned something and you have got something in value which, which is far greater than that small amount
0: uh, yeah i mean you can you monetize development yeah, and yeah, skill yeah. far more than you can just use an extra couple of so money.
1: when i took that sketching mentor sketching anything course i was more confident in sketching things digitally because i worked really hard for that uh, so uh, at that time Adam was uh, very happy uh, then i started creating things like that that looked that look like uh, blueprints or environments uh, i was able to sketch environments without adding 3d okay so in any perspective, so I got co- uh, confident with that. So I started posting that kind of stuff on ArtStation at that point. So and uh, so three years after working in uh, for mobile games, I thought, okay, I'm getting bored. I need to do something more. And uh, the approach at MoonFog also kind of changed at that time. So they wanted to make small games that uh, earn more profit. Uh, so there wasn't much concept kind of thing left there. So at that that was the t- and there were many uh, there were some other small issues so Aditya and me we both left at that time. So but before leaving I started applying to different uh, places okay. mostly in triple studios uh, outside India. I think I applied to Ubisoft Montreal.
0: Hmm.
1: So I didn't get a call from Ubisoft Montreal but I got a Ubisoft uh, a call from Ubisoft Pune. So a guy called me he said that we have seen your work and we are starting a new studio in Mumbai. And your work is very similar to uh, what we are going to do in, in the next project. So uh, then I got happy, then I was happy. And I didn't know that there's the Unisoft in India at that time, although they, they were in uh, India f- uh, for eight years or something, I don't know. So they had a studio in Pune. So that's how I went into Ubisoft. But because of these uh, this one initiative that I took, that okay, I'll learn to sketch anything. Uh, when I went into Ubisoft, the art director there, uh, Vincent, he already knew that this guy is really good at it. So he first gave me a, a task that is very similar to that. And I really did good at it. And he was happy. Then he gave me some other work, which was kind of similar. And it kind of kept evolving after that. So then after some time, they realized that no matter what you give this guy, he does it. So it that's what they felt. But in the background, Whenever I got something that was very new and I haven't tried, I was actually nervous. But I used to go back home, practice it, <laughs> so that I can do it better the next day. Uh, and yeah, that's why the initial first one or two months uh, in a new studio, I usually do extra work. I sleep less, I do extra work, but uh, I try to be at par with the artists there. So that's how first my goal is to be at par, so that my work doesn't look bad. But once where... When I'm in that position, then I start having fun. Then I start uh, exploring things. And uh, once you uh, start contributing more to the project, the people who are working with you they also are happy. Like, okay, this guy is bringing this to the project and
0: that's how it kind of uh, evolved. Oh, that's a fascinating story, man. Again, it just goes to show like you were just focusing on developing a certain aspect of your skill and that kind of took off the entire thing from that point on. I think that's...
1: uh, kind of you um, a thing in my life itself. So even say when I'm working in the industry, it's mm-hmm. not like I want to work in the industry. Even that is gearing up towards something big. Okay. Because eventually I want to do stuff that I want to do, but I just want to sit in a room, a dark room, like that sinky and paint some stuff. To, I, I want to plan things digitally mm-hmm. and then paint it uh, Traditionally. on canvas. Okay. Yeah. And I just want enough money so that I can live normally I don't want to earn a lot of money Mm -hmm. eventually I just want to create art and probably if in my old days I have a room where I'm painting things without being worried about money and how my family is going to manage and things like that
0: and if I probably
1: keep doing it till the end of my time I'll be happy so all these things that I'm learning it's kind of getting towards it so yeah so it's like I have it's uh as i keep going forward there's a chain of things that i've created okay it's i don't do it uh willingly there are some things that happen automatically and i kind of trust the process for that but everything kind of keeps leading me towards another big goal another big goal you keep doing s- small tasks you keep doing good at it so you can take care of the
0: big thing later mm. i like this approach a lot i, I like how you are Creating these small challenges for yourself, which keep linking up together, and then that allows you to t- tackle something bigger each time as yeah, you go yeah. on to the next stage. And uh, just mm-hmm. on the, on that same note, I wanted to talk about how exactly you have able to reach a senior concept art position within Ubisoft mm-hmm. rather quickly. Like it's just been a maybe three or four years over there, and yeah, yeah, to come out of a mobile game to direct, I mean, to really mm-hmm. quickly shoot up the ladder. Was it just the art or are there other things like communication skills, presentation? Like, What are the various things that are needed?
1: Personally, I feel other than art, I'm really bad at everything else. <laughs> so There was a time when something happened in in, uh, in a company and uh, there was someone I was talking to. I, I said, dude, know this, that I'm doing this only because I love art. There's nothing else. And I'm not really good at anything else. It's just this. So as long as you let me enjoy my work as long as I love it. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you give me to do, I'll do it. So uh, yeah, I think because of that, it, no matter what happens, you keep tackling it because you're enjoying the process. And uh, but when I initially started, obviously, it was there were already artists who had worked uh, in similar projects for many years. So you look at their stuff and you see, OK, probably these guys think that I'm good but deep inside i know that i'm not that quick
0: that, that there's the always that sense it, of insecurity early on right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> you are nervous before every performance that 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 thing is true for artists so but uh, you you don't want uh, want uh, them to be disappointed so initially that are the things that kind of keep that push me so that uh, but as when you are in a comfortable spot then uh you can think beyond so uh when i joined they already have they already had seen my work they, they put me into project. and i think this uh, this is uh, publicly declared so i don't have this i don't think there should be a problem so uh, i started working on uh, prince of persia remake and i was doing a lot of uh, environment sketches at that time so that's how i started but uh, as the project kept going forward the concept art uh, work kept reducing. Because you have most of the things figured out, you're mostly doing loop-ins and things like that. So, kept, so they kept reducing concept artists and kept bringing other people... Uh, More on the production thing. side. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of a person who stayed till the end. So I got... Uh, and while I was working on this, I was also going through different tests. So, uh, for example, if uh, a company uh, there's a Ubisoft collaboration. Even there, you have to do some tests. So they will, they will tell you, OK, we are planning to work on this project with you guys. Can you do this task? And I was the one who was doing all this stuff. And because I was looking at not just when, uh, at my art at this point, when I was uh, work, working for the project, and I was communicating with animators and all these people and trying to get uh, good result eventually it doesn't matter if i'm doing it or you are doing it let's work together and let's get it done and and it was not because i had some kind of authority to do this it was just because all of these guys were my friends most of the people were very young and you understand that someone who is working on this for you, he's already excited because he has seen this but he has probably played this game when he was a kid so for me it was just we are friends who are trying to do this but uh, the man may notice it okay This this guy is trying to bring things together, uh, making things work. He's going beyond what he needs to do. So uh, that was something that they liked. But for me, I was able to learn things more. When I was, I'm sitting with a lighting artist and I'm seeing how, how he's doing. And he has to submit something tomorrow morning. And he's trying to figure something out. I'm finished with my work. I used to say, okay, give me a screenshot. And take that screenshot, paint over it. He learned something, I learned something. And both of us learned, uh, and this kept on going for different departments. There were some uh, animators who were, who were struggling with something. I didn't know the exact solution for that, but I was like, okay, I'll probably help you. I'll do it in 2D. I'll give you many options, you try it up." And that way they came They came up with something better. And because of that, I think I learned faster than what normal people would do. And uh, that kind of starts showing a. Uh, that uh, people can observe by looking at the work there. So the kind of stuff that I was doing the, when the project started and the kind of stuff that I did when the concept work, concept art uh, work was about to come to an end, there's, there was massive improvement. So they realized it. And because I was uh, communicating well with my, my teammates and kind of uh, pushing everyone, so that's also probably one of the reasons why they thought, OK, probably this guy get deserve this position something oh, like
0: that that's i a, don't know what's in the head but that's
1: how i i, I think it might
0: No, nah, that's a great insight i think the fact that you were willing to collaborate with other teams and not just get stuck in only a concept art bubble i think that shows a great amount of awareness of what we are actually doing because we are not just there to paint a picture but it's actually a game that's being developed so yeah, everything yeah. has to be in service of that game or the mm-hmm. movie whatever it may be so i think that shows quite a lot of clarity and awareness and I think that's something okay. that I think I think that should be imbibed in people way early on, you know, so that mm. that makes it that they are not too protective of their design. It's just about the game or the project yeah. overall.
1: There was one thing, and although I, I use it in Ubisoft, but I learned it at Moonsoft. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you learn something from one place, you implement it on another. So at that time we were working with the Bahabali team. Okay. And we were making a, a clash of plans type game, but we had very small uh, amount of time. So there was a guy named Jose. So the spelling is J O S E, but they, but you pronounce it Jose. Mm-hmm. So uh, he came in. He saw that we are working on. Everyone was busy, but he wanted to see the build, and the build wasn't ready. He he pointed it out to the team a couple of times. Uh, but uh, he noticed that not really anything is happening. It's just that people are working harder. That's okay. it. Okay. So he called the entire team together one day, and uh, he gave, and uh, they said, okay, divide yourself in yourselves in team of five, and I'll give you a challenge. So everyone was like, man, what are you doing? It we have so much work to do. This guy is wasting our time. Uh, then he gave us a marshmallow and a couple of sticks. Okay, and he said that uh, whoever makes the tallest tower, Mm -hmm. okay, with marshmallow on top, okay, uh, will be the winner and the winner will get a a reward. So the brief is you have to make a tower with marshmallow on on the top. Mm -hmm. That's the bare minimum you have to do. But, and the tallest one wins. Okay. And he said, I'll give you 15 minutes for it. The moment this uh, exercise started, everyone got busy first thing that people do is one of those guys will start acting like a leader.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, okay, let's do this this way. And there will, will be other people who will be like, okay, wait, let's listen to this guy. And let's get this thing done. So you start dividing yourself in yourselves in roles. And then everyone started thinking, okay, if we do this, if we bend the stick like this, probably this can take on more weight. And uh, the, that's how we will be able to make a big tower. So everyone has a picture in their head that, like, like, my tower will be this big, my tower will be this big. <laughs> and uh, the marshmallow will be on top people kept trying people kept, kept trying and uh so you start the basic thing that all artists do and the this is the normal stuff that everyone thinks that you put you put a foundation first you go on top. you put something on top of it. you have a strong foundation you keep building on top of it and then we'll put the marshmallow on top okay and these guys everyone was ambitious already okay they wanted to make a big tower so they they were trying to make a really solid foundation, and then, uh, like you are collecting cards and trying to make a big tower, same sim- in a similar way. But what happened uh, when it was just two minutes left? We said, "Okay, we have to finish the tower somehow." Okay, so at that time, people started putting the marshmallow on top. The moment they put marshmallow, most of the towers crumbled. Even us. Okay, and there was this uh, guy with me. Uh, uh, I forgot his name, some nag uh, something. So he was, he was like, okay, what should we do now? He c- took three sticks together, put one stick on top of it and put, put marshmallow on top of that. Okay. With most of the ta- towers crumbled, mm-hmm. his tower was the only surviving one. Okay. So if you think about it, he is the only one who was able to uh, take the brief and actually come up with a finished product. So then, the manager said that okay, you eat the the rest of the marshmallow. I don't care, okay. But think of this: when you have given a brief, first thing you need to get the project, the product there. So at this point, you can think about all the processes you want to do. You can think about making an awesome game. But if the game is not ready, it doesn't matter what work you have done so far. Hmm. So at that time, the product matters. So just like that. So for example, I can do as good concept art as I want for the product. Uh, But if the game doesn't look that good, it's a waste. So when you're working in a team, you can't just focus on your work. You have to look at, okay, what other people are doing, but you don't have to be bossy, but you you can kind of think that, okay, if that guy is lacking in something, let's support him. How can I help you? But if you keep, and normally no one is really bad. People can be demotivated, Okay. But they don't want anything that they are working on to be bad. That's true. So it says that they are demotivated or they're not able to do something. So you look at people, you see, okay, what's the problem with this guy? Is he demotivated or he is not uh, as skilled as he needs to be for that particular task. If he's not as skilled, see how you can help him. So you get the product there, you get the marshmallow on top, make a basic tower, make it stand once you have there, you think, okay, how do I increase the height of that? Yeah. So that is something that I learned at Moonfug, and we implemented that at Ubisoft.
0: Wow, well, that's a great example and a great analogy. I mean, it just goes back to that finish is better than perfect way of looking at stuff because once you yeah. have something, then you keep developing that. And I think mm. the aspect that you mentioned about being demotivated is quite true, especially in like these AAA games with production times are so long, where it's natural to lose energy after a point no matter how exciting the project is at the beginning and you have to find ways to keep motivating yourself and motivating the team around you to be excited about the work yeah that's a tough and there's so much
1: it's it's not people might think that it's so it must be so easy Um, it's it's gaming it's art Um, Mm. probably these guys having fun it's not as serious as the job but when you look at the stress that some people go through it and it's not because of some company or because of something it's just that are passionate people but at the end you have to be professional enough to understand that product needs to be delivered in this much amount of time because people have done some research this product needs to be there in the market at, at this in at this date because uh, that's when the market is ready it's kind of that pe- people doing uh different things they are trying to make one thing work and you have and because of those things you have many constraints that you have to work with mm-hmm. one thing that is so uh, is different uh when you are doing something for another field, for any other field compared to gaming, is that in gaming you have, you always have to work under many constraints, and it's it might be difficult for people. It might be that okay, if I do something in this way using this software, I can probably create something better. But what if the company doesn't have that software? How will you do it? You still have to find a way to do it. So yeah, there are stressful times, but uh, I think working together, you can push each other out of it. Damn.
0: These are great analogies, man. I think it clearly shows like you know how to pull a team together and motivate them and keep them working towards a common goal. I'm just curious how important is the need to keep doing personal work to sustain your professional side of work? Because it's easy to get burnt out while you're doing just one style of work or one type of work over a Mm. long time. So, how do you balance it? And especially as you go more senior in the company the kind of stress or the pressure that is put upon a person keeps increasing over time because they are mm-hmm. responsible for more things so how do you balance that
1: for me i think if i don't do
0: personal work i start getting depressed mm-hmm.
1: okay. <laughs> like not lit- literally but i start getting sad but uh, in professional work you are you can be passionate about it but it's some kind of stuff that you know that works you have come you have come up with a process that you know works and you are trying to do it again and again so without failing. Right. So after some point it will become monotonous. And and it's not like you'd always get a product project that you want to work on. Maybe you are a guy who enjoys doing fantasy stuff. And at this point you're working in a sci-fi stuff. What will you do? Hmm. If you keep it's good that you can take it positively and you can keep learning while you're working on the project but eventually if you are not enjoying it at some point you will burn out you're like what am i doing with my life so i think doing first thing is if you're working on personal stuff sometimes it uh, it relieves you out of stress because uh, uh, see the basic thing that artists the reason why we thought okay we'll come into this field is because we thought we'll enjoy it but if your work is becoming torture for you you won't go you won't last very long that's why you have to find ways to still make it fun for yourself. So if you're doing personal work, don't think I'm trying to do it because I'll put it on an art station. I'll show it to different people. They will appreciate it and stuff. Something. It, people think like that initially, but you will realize that it, it matters nothing in the long run. There will be always artists who are so good that uh, you look at their stuff and you see, what am I doing with my
0: life? Hmm. No but matter how good you get. At,
1: yeah. yeah, no matter how good you get. But uh, then you think, okay, what what do I want to do now? Obviously, you keep the learning thing intact. Uh, but if you want to do a demon today, paint it will stop you. You you started drawing and painting not because someone was paying you, paying you money for it. You started doing it because you sketched something. You showed it to your father. He said, wow, this looks really good. Hmm. And that itself was enough to motivate you. So as we uh, keep progressing towards in my personal, in our personal life, I think we uh, focus a lot about what industry wants from us, what other artists are doing. Hey, this guy started learning this software. Probably I should learn it as well. And you can get into that race, but someday another guy will come up with something new and then everyone will run after that. But what did you want to do? What Did you do it because you wanted to get into a race or you did it because you wanted to enjoy? It? So that's like first thing, uh, it uh, it relieves your you of stress, and if you enjoy at least for three or four hours in a day, I think you will be leading a happier life.
0: Well, cool. I mean, you come across as somebody who has all these things quite sorted in their mind, and like you've really thought about these things in terms of overall how we are leading our lives as an artist or a designer or a creator. Is it something that you? That- I mean, sorry to cut you off. It's
1: because of the uh, the, ex, uh, the experiences that I've had. Okay. Everything that I say that, hey, if artist does this, this is not good. It's because I went through that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I went through that stuff. I have become really sad at one point and I'm, I keep going back to the phase where I'm not happy with what I'm doing. So, and uh, most of my life I've lived alone. Okay. So I left home when I was probably eight or nine years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's so quite true. Nice. So there are many times when, there's no one else to comfort you that. Hey, Harsh, you're probably doing good. Don't worry. I, when you're at a young age, you look at stuff, you see, man, I'm nowhere. I have been doing this for such a long time. You will have to find ways to motivate yourself. Most of the artists live a depressed life. You have examples in the history. And that also sometimes has, work as a fuel. Sometimes you had a breakup and you're angry about it. You are listening to some songs that, is, that are giving you energy and you're doing it. Sometimes you are really depressed uh, uh, about life and that reflects reflects in your work. So I think artists are really good at channeling what they're feeling. Hmm. And but if you can use everything that you feel as fuel and you put that into your work, I think you can
0: keep going forward. Wow, that's amazing advice. So are you, I mean, do you ever think about maybe doing some courses and sharing these experiences? With people who really want to learn from you, has uh, that something that's come up?
1: Like I said, other than art, I'm really bad at everything else. <laughs> so uh, when it comes, I'm uh, especially my confidence is kind of always low. I, I end up doing things that look good, but deep inside, I'm still not happy with it. So that thing keeps going on and on. So and uh, at this point, I don't think I have kind of a concrete uh, workflow okay. that uh, I can sum it up and teach a student with it. So I'm still in that kind of phase where I have something that I do professionally, but that is because I have learned from different artists and I I know that works. Mm -hmm. If I teach it to other students, I'll just be teaching stuff that other artists do well. uh, Probably, uh, you look at uh, tutorials from Ethan Zana uh, and you will figure out things, how I do things professionally. But the things that I do personally, it's very, uh, there's no particular... uh, way I do it at this point. So once I'm able to sum it up properly, kind of there's a process to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's when I start uh, doing mentorships or something like that. But I really want to do it. I like teaching stuff. But most of those kids are uh, really beginners in art. So I teach them basic uh, anatomy stuff, perspective stuff. I did it with uh, uh, when in Bangalore. Okay, And uh, I do it off and on with uh, people I know. And I see that I enjoy it. But uh, when it comes to really hardcore stuff and someone who looks at my work and says, I want to learn how to do that, I don't know what to tell him. I'll be like, keep sketching, keep sketching, you will get there. And he'll like, probably this guy doesn't want to share. But it's it's just that I don't know myself how I do it at this point. There's a process, but that kind of keeps changing. So once I have that kind of uh, fixed,
0: then yeah, I want to teach people. I guess such a large part of your work involves or probably involves a lot of experimentation. So it's hard to boil it down to these are the 10 steps to get to a Harshan painting. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, that also keeps changing. Uh, You look at Craig Mullins stuff, and sometimes the painting that I'm doing, I'm doing it his way. And sometimes I look at, uh, so then I looked at Arsene's work, and I'm like, okay, let's try it this way. If I keep doing that, I, it's very difficult to come up with a fixed process.
0: Yeah, it's like an amalgamation yeah. of things that you learn from different artists yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So you also do covers for albums and like bands and stuff like that, right? How, how yeah. has that journey kind of started? Like did people just start reaching out to you through social media? How was it? Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's true. I uh, I think uh, the Demon pro, uh, series that I told about, that which... I did focusing on uh, implementing grays in my painting, improving my values, getting a good kind of mood. I did it for my personal work. Okay. But once I did it, uh, probably people from the uh, metal music industry, someone noticed it, and they started posting it in different blogs. Okay. So, Youth area was the first band that contacted me. Uh, so they want and they wanted to buy a Stuff that was already there. So okay. a, a painting of asteroid. Now when I look at it, it looks really bad. <laughs> I want to remove it, but it's kind of thing that uh, metal people keep coming back to. Okay. That's why it's still there on art station. But now that I look at it, the anatomy looks off and things like that. So uh, that's how they noticed it at first. And they said, I want to buy it. And I was like, okay, if that guy wants to pay me for something that I already did a couple of years ago, I don't have to put effort for it. Why not? Mm-hmm. So I sold it to him. He put it as a metal uh, album cover. When that got released, other people from the industries, uh, the metal music industry, they saw it and they contacted me, uh, and that's how it kept going forward. And there was a say a period of one year when I did most mostly demons, okay, in, as part of my uh, personal work. So I think that's the that's how the metal uh, metal music industry. Uh, I, I got attached to and I kept in, although I don't listen to metal music that much, there was someone who messaged me here and he saw that I'm painting demons, he probably, I don't know, they are really weird people, okay, this guy, he asked me, okay, have you talked to this particular demon? <laughs> wow. And i like, no, and he's like, no, but your art shows it, you know, it feels like you know a lot about him. And uh, he said that I tried doing this to summon him. Can you help me through it? And at first I started thinking that probably this guy is a troll or he's joking or something. But looking at his messages, his profile on the internet, I was like, man, this guy is really serious.
0: Uh,
1: and later that person started going kind of in a depressed phase. So then I then I told him that, dude, I understand. See, even I'm passionate about reading these things. These, these look really interesting but it's not something that uh, you should t- uh, think of going to if you want to get rid of some problem in your life. Work hard, think of, uh, think of things that your family needs. How do you, how can you make their life better? Mm-hmm. And focus on things like that. You can't summon a demon and think that uh, he will help, help you through it. And I don't know it. So don't think that I know how to summon this demon at this. So yeah, there are uh, kind of weird people, but I can understand they might probably be young Something. So that's how the music uh, industry came to the picture. But like I kept doing, uh, then I kept doing angel stuff. So there were people who contacted me to do angel-related stuff for their books. Uh, uh, there was a book Goliath and the Giant of God. So he saw my astroth uh, painting, and he said that I like it, but I want to illustrate Satan. I want you to
0: illustrate Satan. Okay, but and following Winston, the same shape language and yeah, stuff like same,
1: that. Yeah, and for, for me, that was kind of difficult at that time. It's like, you're telling me to do Satan, but you want me to illustrate it in the same way. A guy sitting in a throne with a weapon on the right hand, how will I make it different?
0: Hmm. But
1: so then I thought, okay, similar to personal work, right? You have constraints, you have to work under it and you still have to come up with something good. So I kept pushing forward. It, it was coming, uh, it, was, it started looking similar in the beginning. But I kept adding more stuff to it, more stuff to it, and it it became something that uh, the book illustration people they saw it and they they got attracted, and then I started getting more book-related work. So I keep doing stuff for my personal work for learning, and I keep posting it. Mostly people look at those and come to me. So yeah, I've been very lucky on that front.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean. So there are like so many different facets to the kind of work that you're doing at this point. Then there's like the professional side of work, which is like real, just pure design and concept for a production. Then there's the Mm. angels and demons series and then the Indian mythology, religious mythology. How do you, let's say, process all this in your brain? Because they are like each of these have such amounts of depth in terms of storytelling and lore and history. How do you channel all this? Do you have like notes which are already prepared, which you can keep referring back to? How do you just process all this? So
1: I have Bhagavad uh, Gita, Quran, and Bible with me. Okay. So they are the main sources, but I keep uh, referring to there are many good videos on YouTube, and there are many written stuff because uh, all these uh, people say that uh, the translated versions they are not as true to the source material. So that's why even though you read something, you keep checking it from different sources whether they are right or not. And once you start reading different books, uh, you start noticing things that are similar, like I told before. And uh, then you start thinking, okay, probably this guy is very similar to this guy in this mythology. And you start thinking, okay, are these the same characters that people took in different ways uh, according to their civilization, is it because uh, the people in India, they saw this kind of jewelry and they wanted to put that in the, on their god? They, they made a sculpture and they wanted to show that he owns everything, he has, he is rich and everything. So they made jewelry according to them. You look at uh, Shiva or other, any other Indian uh, deity sculptures that are in Japan, Indonesia, they look very different, but they are the same, same character, right? So... I think you will start finding common grounds that work as a base. And then you start noticing variations. Then you start picking things that are interesting to you. For example, uh, if you're painting a portrait of painting a painting, uh, doing a painting of Gabriel. So the description is that when Gabriel met met, uh, Prophet Muhammad, he had 600 wings. And that was his kind of. form that he took to, that is, uh, that uh, Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad was able to grasp, his real form is even greater than that. So he had 600 wings, there were constant rubies falling from his wings and his legs were like emeralds and things like that. But if you try to illustrate that, you won't be able to do it properly. Like you, There's no way that you can show 600 wings and people can count it. Mm-hmm. But as an artist, you take that as a brief. And you see, okay, how can I bring the same feel? Can I make the reader as scared of that angel as Prophet Muhammad was at that time? So uh, you take these stories as base. You see that, okay, this thing probably I can illustrate at this point. This thing I can't. But I still try to get uh, my viewers feel the same way that uh, that particular character at that point in time felt. And that's where you get uh, a space to
0: explore. Okay. So you're translating the emotion rather than the literal description of what an yeah, angel or yeah. a demon looks like.
1: Yeah. Because well, if you start making uh, armors like what humans look at now and you could have made a, an angel then, like you could have sculpted some something and brought it to life. But, so at that point, you understand that, okay, this thing is beyond what humans can imagine. So there will be something that you won't understand. So it's not like every part of my design. If it's a professional work, obviously it should make sense. But if you are doing for your personal work and you are just trying to bring an idea that, dude, this is something beyond you, it doesn't mean that you need to make the viewer understand everything in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, that's where the, the thing that I told about in the traditional paintings, you had not everything completely figured
0: out. So you leave that space for imagination do you also like read up about let's say past civilizations and lost cultures and stuff like that and if so does that feed into your work
1: yeah so if you uh, it's mostly at this point from religious point uh, point of view so i kept going through uh, different versions of bible so at this point this particular guy was illustrated in bible in this kind of way so i keep checking things and uh, i also try to uh, uh, think of things that uh, probably these things humans have added might not come from the source uh, probably because of this reason and that's kind of there in every civilization so that's also one of the reasons why I study uh, different civilizations and how things change throughout the time and that helps you in your work as well you can get rid of many things that you can understand that people added there for their personal reasons and we have that in our, India as well. You have, uh, for example, the caste system and things like this. If you go to the source material, uh, when Arjuna asks Krishna, uh, what are the things that are wrong in this world? Why is this happening? Krishna says one thing. And it's like you have that thing written in Gita, but people still don't refer to it. Out of the many things that Krishna said, which is wrong in the world, he said, the way people were divided was according to what they are doing. It's like a guy who's doing business, he's called a businessman. A, de- a, a guy who's learning is called a student. Or if he's a professor, so he basically he's from education kind of education background. This guy's a businessman. So that's how our society was divided into Brahmin, Kshatriya, Vesh, the Kshatri's were the warrior class. So it wasn't necessary that if I'm Kshatriya, my son will be Kshatriya. Okay, but when people twisted it and kind of made it a, thing that they can exploit. If someone, uh, outsider, looks at it, he's like, man, this is such a bad system. But you look at the source material, it, it wasn't like that. So uh, probably a son of Brahmin can be a kshatriya. He takes a takes a weapon, he becomes a kshatriya. It was basically a, it's like saying someone he's a businessman, because he does business. But that doesn't mean that if I am a businessman, my son will get all the privileges that a businessman owns just because he is my son. So when that kind of kept happening, because people wanted to exploit something, uh, so you start noticing a lot of these things. So you can get rid of those things when you are doing your work. So you don't have to focus on stories that you feel that probably humans put it in there so
0: that for their they own can, agenda, basically yeah, to yeah, control for their own
1: control. agenda. Yeah. So that's also one of the things you should like if you want to do something on religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should uh, look at many sources try to understand how things happen go keep going back to the original show original source
0: yeah yeah that's an interesting observation especially because i mean things like religion are always such a touchy subject for a lot of people so the way you portray it also has to be i mean you don't have to necessarily worry about how it's perceived but i guess you have to keep that in mind at a certain stage yeah because people again can twist your own artwork against you and misappropriate yeah, what its message might be. Yeah.
1: Uh, Moli, I, the artist. Yeah, he, he passed away recently. Man, he he went through so so many things. Uh, so I didn't know him personally. I saw his book uh, that was online, and I was a student at that time. So and he was doing good stuff. And you look at the comments at that. I think on that front, at least are. Uh, indian society it, people might say that it's it's uh becoming worse day by day but man the stuff that that guy went through we are going we don't have to face that thing because he kept doing it eventually he started focusing more on japanese stuff yeah
0: he stopped but mythological there, stuff yeah
1: yeah I, so we are we are not going through the same situation so yeah people are touchy about it but i think if uh if he kind of fuel that more that okay it's okay for you to get offended i think they will keep getting offended
0: more right right, right. people
1: should understand that it's okay if your feelings are hurt that doesn't mean that you start going and burning things so if someone you should uh you should look at the intention was that guy doing creating something with an intent to do something bad or was it similar to any other artists in the past or any other sculptors who wanted to see their god in or want to illustrate them in the way they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, yeah, if we kind of think that way, we can improve things a little bit. But yeah, still, it's a very touchy subject. Uh, when I was trying to work on Gabriel's sketch, uh-huh. and uh, there were some people, there a few friends of mine, they messaged me saying that, yeah, I know you are doing this, uh, but uh, make sure you don't uh, paint Prophet Muhammad. Because uh, even it's okay for me, people might get offended. So mm-hmm. for that, at this point, you have to be careful. About that. And if, even if you illustrate him, you don't show his face, you yeah. put some light in there and dance, things like that. So yeah, man, I understand those things are there, but, uh, uh, and I also understand this freedom of expression thing there, but yeah, I think we should find a balance way of doing things. You should not do things intentionally to hurt someone's sentiment, but man, if someone does something because of his innocence or he doesn't understand people shouldn't be like
0: harassing him for it yeah especially because i mean people who are like doing these kind of artworks are people who are genuinely appreciative of that culture or religion or whatever it may be they truly enjoy that story why else would they take out hundreds of hours of their day and life to paint that picture if they didn't want to do it? Well, they're fascinated exactly artists
1: do stuff that they want if people, if an artist wants to paint mud, it's because he saw something in mud and he found it interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why many of the people you will see are uh, painting uh, uh, big buildings, uh, female anatomy, and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It's because they look at it, they appreciate it. It's not like they have an agenda behind it. Probably some of them might have. I don't know. I I, I can't say that every person is the same. But, but I mean, general, for the, for the most would, part,
0: like people yeah. are just enjoying the work. That yeah, doing.
1: yeah, yeah. They're doing what they want. Let them do what they want. Because if if you are looking at people who get offended at something, something which feels normal at this point, someone might get offended at some at the same thing ten years from now. Yeah. But yeah, as long as we keep saying, oh, okay, it's okay, man. Let's tweak the rules according to that. People will keep feeling more victimized or offended, and this cycle will keep going on. And I think the I think topic
0: kind of shift very far away from art. No, nah, I mean it is it is part of yeah. art to, to some extent. And I think just topics in general, like you're saying, because we are interested in a certain theme or a certain subject, that's why you research about it and then portray it into your work. Yeah. So But I think it's important for people to know in general as well that art can come from any source, be it religious, mm-hmm. non-religious modern yeah, historic it, anything
1: also people start looking at for if say uh if the guy from the same community or same religion does it it's acceptable hmm. but if a guy from other religion does it, it becomes offensive Well, probably has an agenda behind it maybe think of it this way that probably he's interested in, in that kind of stuff yeah maybe so i kind of do things from for every religion because i'm interested in all of this and i personally believe that all of those come from the same source and people keep kept tweaking it But maybe someday some guy will get offended because of it, thinking that, hey, this guy comes from this region, he's painting things from my religion, probably he has an agenda. People can think whatever they want. But yeah, I'll do whatever I want. It's the God who will judge it eventually. And that that judging thing there is in every religion. So no, it's like uh, your action will be judged, my action will be judged at the end of the day. So let God take care of things like that. And he's completely able to do it. So you don't have to go around and start killing people or burning things because of that.
0: Yeah. You just focus on creating stuff, create awesome, yeah. awesome artwork.
1: Do something good instead of bringing someone
0: down. If you, yeah. 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 I mean, this is a very interesting subject, especially because if you look at the history of art prior to the industrial revolution, so to speak a majority of artwork was religious inspired and it was commissioned by the churches or temples or whatever yes. it may be
1: but initially they they weren't very supportive of it mm-hmm. they were like you shouldn't show them as human figures but once that kind of picked up they started commissioning it yeah, yeah. and that's how the renaissance thing started
0: you have so many good artists from there that we still follow we try to be like them yeah i think that might be like the biggest cluster of Insanely talented people in the art yeah, field. Yeah, but... true,
1: true, true. And everyone was trying to be better than the previous one, was by learning things from them. I think that was a really a kind of a cooperative competition that they had. You, you look, at, you read stuff that uh, Michelangelo has written about Leonardo, mm-hmm. or what Leonardo has written about Michelangelo. And but when they were working, they were looking at other work and trying to get something from there so there was a competition between Leonardo and Michelangelo at some point. So they were trying to illustrate the same topic. For some reason, that thing didn't go, uh, didn't finish because both got some big commission somewhere. Mm-hmm. And but at that time, the sketches that uh, Leonardo did, Michelangelo ref- kept going back to that, took some stuff from it and added some, uh, some of that in his work. And some of the stuff that Michelangelo did there was a f- sense of grace in his work that Leonardo saw and he implemented in his work and both our guys kept kept uh, improving because of that and I think pe- and people kept looking at their work and they were wa- willing to see okay what comes of it at the end but yeah unfortunately it didn't happen.
0: Mm, so yeah, I think
1: that was a although they were and artists are competitive they, it happens but if you can think of it as okay if he's good at Good compared to me at something why is it why is he that good It's putting that much hours for sure but what is he doing better i can learn that from him i think that will happen once you start uh, supporting that thing more like it's okay he, he's okay he's better than me i don't have to make it kind of a race uh, you appreciate him more the first thing is if you start feeling that you uh, you are getting very disturbed looking at someone's work you start sending him a message that, man, I really love your work. I like this, 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 this. And once you start talking to the person, you will see that man, he's very much like me. He's a simple guy trying to do stuff that he loves. And then that competition thing kind of fades away. There is that
0: uh, competition, competition thing to be better, but it becomes very cooperative at that time. I think I think you're quite right about this part. Like there is some amount of competition is needed because you need to fuel yourself to work. Yeah, you need to yeah. work harder. But it should never go to like a malicious intent where you want somebody else's work to fail. So just so that you can get ahead or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So-called get and ahead. That,
1: yeah, that will slow everyone down. Even, even the person who, who wants to compete. Because mm-hmm. that thing is that you are not, uh, that stress is there in your head. Once you do something with a relaxed mind, you'll feel that uh, you are able to make better decisions, and, and that can happen only in a head that is that is out, which doesn't have feeling of jealousy or anger or something like that. Yeah. Although
0: even these things can fuel you at some at times. I mean, I think it's a natural thing. It no matter which stage of your work you go into, you always feel this way. I mean, I've I've heard like some interviews where james cameron is praising ridley scott's work to such an extent and then you're wondering like both of them are masters in their own right but they are still looking at each other's work that hey you're pushing the boundary and we feel the same way about everyone's work that we look at as well Mm -hmm. but yeah i think the main thing is to try and figure out what you want to say what your ideas are then you won't be too worried about what other people are doing so
1: and there can be a guy who is doing really good at doing sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. but if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it just because someone else is doing it you just look at his stuff pick out things that you like try to implement it in your work he's he is happy you are happy no one is tense about it mm.
0: it's okay yeah. wow man this has been a fascinating conversation we're just hitting one and a half hours it's just wow. top, so many things very interesting topics Um, I just want to touch upon just two questions and then we can end the call. Um, Firstly, for like people who are just trying to break into the industry, what are the couple of things you think they should keep in mind, especially in today's scenario where firstly, we're all mostly working from home. So it's harder to reach studios physically. How how does one get attention of potential clients and just things to keep Mm -hmm. in mind? First
1: thing is definitely your work should be good. But even if it's not as far as, say, the other artists who are already working there, uh, your work should show potential that you're able to reach there. If they won't, say, hire you as a concept artist, they will probably hire you as an intern. So it's okay if you don't uh, make a big splash in the industry. But your your goal should be to get in there. And that can only happen once you understand what they want. Uh, and, and this is something that I can talk about also because uh, I kind of, uh, I remember the time when I was mostly focused on uh, very traditional stuff, not in terms of, say, uh, the materials and the platform I'm using, but also because what I what I was creating at that time, it was mostly landscapes and things like that, which, which was in no way uh, usable for a company. So if you want to do that, then it's okay. But if you really want to get into the industry, say if you want to get into Ubisoft or Santa Monica, you look at God of, Star, God of what? if you want to get into Santa Monica. You look at the stuff that they want to create. You try to create things like that. You see scale. You try to bring that kind of field to your work. Once you try to implement that and you create a portfolio with works like that, they will notice that this guy's trying, he's interested. Probably we can take him and he will. he can do good. The idea should be there. People accept if uh, you lack one thing or the other. Say, th- there's good sense of perspective in your work. They see that you f- understand the field well, um, the subject uh, re- really well, but your sense of lighting is bad. It's OK. They will take you. Uh, they will tell you to do some blueprints for some time. And and you will learn from the artist's neighbor. But understanding the field where you want to be, it's very important. You can't keep. Uh, Uh, painting portraits and think that someone will hire you as a concept artist and that's one of the problems that many people have when they contact me on Instagram Uh, they say that uh, I love drawing and painting I want to be a concept artist for uh, Ubisoft or this company or this company can you please help me I look at their work it's full of portraits Mm -hmm. so then like okay someone might hire you for portraits if they want portraits in their game or their movie but if you want to make a character for game You'll have to make full body first. And for that, you have to learn anatomy. So you should be able to show that you are capable of doing it. So not just putting everything on the uh, on art station and start bombarding studios. You should at least come close to what those artists are doing, or at least your work should show that you are interested to do the, that particular thing. I think that's one of the ma- main things. If your work shows that you have the understanding of the field, it's easier for you to get into there, get in there. Otherwise, you can keep messaging artists to, uh, can you recommend uh, can you recommend my, me in the industry in this for this company to this person, and there will be a point where probably the guy you are talking to is not comfortable with it because your work is not good. Yeah. If he starts recommending people whose work is not good and you come to the studio and you don't perform well, it's also not good for his
0: reputation. Yeah, it shows poorly so, on him definitely.
1: Yeah. So in all, if you want to get somewhere. Be worthy of it. If you are not worthy, be halfway there, uh, but show me that you are passionate. You're passionate about learning. So if you are not able to go to FZD, learn the design stuff. You show me that uh, you're interested in this. You started thinking that way. And now there's resources everywhere. You have so many books, so many videos. If you are weak at something, take a mentorship. It's not as costly as going to a college where you're spending eight lakhs nine lakhs in a year. The, uh so say a schoolism course if you want to get a subscription, it costs you two two thousand per month, close to that. Uh, I don't know anymore, but it sh- it should be close to that. So that's it's not. I, sh- I should that mention that's costly. two
0: thousand rupees. So in in dollars, yeah, it will be like yes. fairly yes. cheap.
1: Yeah. So if you really want to learn, but don't think that I don't know how to get, how to get in. How will I do it? But you want to learn something, look for people or. Uh, courses or books that can teach you that uh, try not to be dependent on anyone and once you get into the habit of facing problems and solving it yourselves you make a portfolio that shows uh, your passion then you apply it in a studio and you will get it most probably if they have a requirement for that kind of product. because you can be really good at something but if they don't have a requirement of that kind of work they won't take it yeah. and that is also okay
0: yeah. i guess that's something that you can't control so you just have to focus on what yeah. you do yeah and i mean i should also like remind put a reminder out there that artstation learning is free as well for this year yeah. at least so that's something a pretty good resource as well for people to look at
1: and most of the artists are helpful if hmm. if you message them they will guide you but there there might be times that there are some really top notch people and so what happens if you message them they might not, not respond because they are getting many messages like that so they also need time for their family and mm. and life. So it's okay if they don't mess with you. So talk to someone who is not that good, but is still better than you. If you're climbing a ladder, focus on the next step. But you you know you keep that in mind that I have to go there. But let's focus on the next step where I'm where I'm putting my foot. But if you start running thinking that hey I need to get there, mm. probably you'll fall. So be careful about every step and things will. Uh, turn out to be the way you want. You will get there. yeah. Interesting.
0: I guess this leads into my final question quite well, which I like to end the conversation with is when you're planning out your life from this point on, are you thinking about the next 10 to 15 years ahead or are you mm. just looking at what's ahead of you right now, the next year or the next oh, month?
1: Oh yeah. I, I can see how it's, it, it's actually got related to the previous question. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have some things in my mind that I want to do if I live that long at, at, when I get old. So I have things like, uh, I want to have a setup in my hometown. I come from Purnia, it's It's not that big a town. And so I tried to set up uh, a good, reliable internet connection there. It works for normal purposes, but it doesn't work for my kind of work where I I need it, say, every day. Um, So I want to set up something there. Keep working there without working for anyone else and keep painting uh, but at this point my goal is to learn as much as i can so it's still not uh, my approach is still not that i want to work on this project because i want my name included there i want to work on this project because i played this game i'm excited about it mm-hmm. and i'll probably learn something in it that can help me in my work i'm looking at what what work actors cause my end goal wasn't got to work my goal was to create things like that for the ideal that i have okay so i i have some long term plans but i make some short term plans uh, so so that it can lead me through it but sometimes things don't work the way you have planned so at that point you try to do the best you can at, you can at that particular point and things will get connected
0: so these kind of act as stepping stones for you to reach yeah. the next level. Yeah. Focus on the next step, but uh, keep thinking about where you have to be. Wow. Awesome. That's a great way to end the conversation, man. Thank you so much for your time. Interesting. I had a great time talking to you. It didn't feel like yeah. this was the first it time is. that we were having like a long conversation. It was really fun.
1: Yeah, have you... it's already close to, what? what? One hour, 14 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, nice. really
0: great conversation. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure man. So have a nice day ahead and looking forward Same to you. what you come up with next. Take care. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.